Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as arts administrator and creative producer, amateur baker. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Carly Commons. Well, hi, Steve. How are you? Well, hello, Carly. It is lovely to be sitting across from you and having this chat. Can we start? I'll yes. ask you this. How do you introduce yourself in social settings? Uh, it depends. If it's the arts crowd, mm. so if it's a crowd, you know, at an opening night or a yes. theatre crowd, I'll say that I'm an arts administrator and they, they understand what that is. And they'll say, can you get me work? Pretty much. Mm. Or can you get me money? <laughs> so that's that's good. Are you Mamma Mia? No, I can't. That's right. <laughs> um, or if it's um, beige people mm. who, who you beige know, people. don't have any kind of acknowledgement of a creative side. So, mm. you know, your accountants, your insurance brokers, the... Council. You know, well, beyond, beyond the... Mm-hmm. the yeah, the admin world, um, they kind of get a, oh, I I do, uh, and then I stumble, and then I introvert, and then I run away from those type of events. No, I probably would still introduce myself as an administrator first. Yes. Um, rather than creative producer, it kind of throws people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of bunch all the stuff I do that's not paperwork-based, where it's more, you know, developing events or programs or delivery of um, different things and producing podcasts and all that sort of stuff falls into that bucket for me in terms of creative producing. Um, And that's a little bit harder to explain to, you know, Joe Bloggs, the accountant. And I just kind of throw the questions back at them. So, oh, accountancy, well done you in maths. Like, that's amazing. How good is Excel? How good is Excel? Like, can you do my up? I'm so impressed. Like, it's, <laughs> that's kind of where I go. A friend of mine who's an accountant by trade yeah. um, describes Excel as the best game ever. It is the best game ever. It's pretty fun. <laughs> oh, I'm a sucker for tabs. Pivot get, tables. Oh, my God. Pivot tables. Makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> you make something that is very creative... Yes. Like, sound far more complex than it is. And I don't mean that in a d- dismissive way. I understand that the creative process is, is something that's can be laboured or mm. is quite a unique and interesting thing. But the administrative thing, I think yeah. a lot of people forget that, no, 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 people can create things. Yeah. But then if there's not people to help them monetize or functionally deliver or, or present it. Document, evaluate, reflect yeah. on it. Absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be um, ideas like... All creatives just churn them out like water. Um, some are good, some are bad, some mm-hmm. should be followed, some shouldn't be followed. <laughs> um, but that's a well that doesn't seem to run dry very easily. Yep. Um, and I see, I wouldn't say that I have a creative practice. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly find that I have a you know technical skill in art yes. or creation of, but I like... To being able to enable people who do have sure. creative talents in that way, who don't want to touch Excel with a 10-foot pole yeah, yeah. or who don't want to write the application or who don't really know what to do with that idea. How do I get this? Great? How do I get this? Or how yeah. do I how do I take it from a cool idea or something that I'll just put on in my backyard for free? And it's like, no, dude, what are mm. you doing? Sell tickets to that shit. Like, that's yeah. great. So, oh, but it's just my thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a sense of humbleness or as well that comes with creative people who go oh no or unworthiness of oh no that idea wouldn't fly or oh so yeah being able to kind of bridge that and go actually there is something there if you you know thought about it or picked an audience or you know Mm. 
that could be a direction you could take to actually produce that into a piece of work or um, something to present or sell yeah. in any type of way. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I wouldn't ever call myself an artist in that in that regard. That you persist mm. in working with creative people, mm. you must um, get them. And I say like I get air so. quotes because getting creative people yeah. is almost an art in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it can be. It can be. You can get some very, I mean, being so vulnerable mm. to be able to create something from your imagination or from your idea and the people who have chosen to make that their profession, mm. I think that there does come a sense of, you know, you can't get one without the other. You can't get that vulnerability without also maybe getting, um, you know, a little bit of neuroses maybe mm. or some other type of um, something else that once that floodgate of creativity is opened that might not – something else is released that you may not want to um, – to deal with in your own self so and I have a lot of creative friends like a lot of writers a lot of theatre makers Mm. um, and they're all like brains the size of planets and just come up with the most amazing things Um, and so I don't think that there is room in that space sometimes for the skill set that I have Mm. so I I think that that's quite a nice symbiosis situation where I can go oh actually I know how to do that like I can help you out there. So. You get to be the Juno probe to their Jupiter. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's my – Jupiter is actually my current um, screensaver on all my devices. I'm a bit obsessed with that at the moment. Just because of the NASA thing or something yeah, else? Yeah, and all the imagery coming out, like all their mm. um, the, their northern lights, and it's just extraordinary. What a, what a planet. What a gas giant, hey? <laughs> <laughs> What a sexy hunk of gas. <laughs> With all its colours. Now, a quick Jupiter question. You may not have the answer. Yeah, go for it. Is it entirely a ball of gas or is there solid somewhere in the middle? Oh, I don't know. Is that one of the things we're trying to find out? I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I would hope that there's some solidity in there somewhere. It's awfully big just to be held together with. It is massive. Is it like, it's like dreams. not just a bit. It's a hun- hundreds of times bigger than Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And we fly around it in a day, a couple of days. Yeah, so it's extraordinary. I, I just don't even want to. Yeah. <laughs> what What has attracted? Have you always been interested in in space astronomy things, or is it just the imagery that's coming out of this recent expedition? Oh, I love space. Mm. I love space so much, and it's not in a. Nerd. I have. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> such a nerd. I would have seen Gravity like five times at the cinema. That's like, a great choice. Just... There are way worse films people have Jesus. seen many more times. That's so an excellent good. choice. Um, but yeah, the thought of like there was a self-preservation moment in, you know, people ask you, you know, if you ever get the opportunity, would you go to space? And sure. I think probably up till, uh, I don't know, maybe I was 23, I'd be like, hell no. Like mm. that seems desperately unsafe and no thank you. And I preserve, you know, like my life and two feet on the ground. And the older I get, the more I'm just like, screw it. Like that sounds excellent. If Richard Branson offered me some sort of lottery ticket to mm. go into space, yes, I would do it. Like extraordinary to see the world from that perspective. So yeah, no, I'll dig space. If someone pulled out of the the upcoming Mars colonization project, would you take it? If they said, hey, Carly, we've got an opportunity. Do you want to leave Earth forever? Oh, that's tough. And go and start life on a new planet. Oh, that's tough. I mean, 
You'd have to, wouldn't you? Like, you would have to just. I guess be if like, they asked, you'd have to. Like, if it they would asked, be like, rude not to. Can you imagine the hate you'd get on social media if you were like, oh, what did she do? How did she do? <laughs> she didn't say yes to that. Like, you would have to live here then forever. Like, mm. that would be your option. It's like leave forever or or stay and never have done that. Going to space, like going to Mars. Are you serious? Mm. Yes, that sounds great. Because there are, isn't there? Right, well, astro nerd. <laughs> Isn't there right now that project where they're, they're, ish, they're almost down to the final selection of people? Oh, I don't know. To go to Mars to colonise it. That would be like exciting. Like actually really for true. I don't know. I haven't watched, I haven't seen anything of that. Oh, I'll have to, okay. Well, now you've started me Google vortexing after you leave. Because they're talking about how it's, it's, it's acknowledged. It's a one-way trip. Yeah. And, well, they um, have to be. Because it's some insane amount of years to get to Mars. Because we haven't quite mastered speed of light, warp speed stuff yeah, yet. Yeah, no, we need to um, really nail that. Oh, how good would that be? <laughs> that would be Just sick. popping over to Jupiter. Just going out for a... Holidaying. Bit of <laughs> Europa. Mm. <laughs> Sunny beaches. Oh, how good is this? Good old 160 degrees in the shade. <laughs> um, but no, no, it, it, and uh, there's a guy I'm trying to track down on Twitter who I think is one of the people that's applying and has gotten through to the final selection stage. Oh, that would be a delightful um, interview. Who you is also to touring to the world... As a, and, and delivering kind of comedy show talk stuff about yeah. where it's at. And I remember reading, I hope I haven't just dreamt this, I remember reading uh, that one of the people who also is in the final selection process <laughs> is a mother. Oh, wow. Of youngish Ooh. children. That's a choice. With a partner here. Yeah, right. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, that is a very that's significant. A, that's a choice, yeah. Like To apply for it, I guess it's a whim. Uh, you know, yeah. There's millions of people saying, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. But to get down to the point where it's, you know, you're one of 12, that might be one of 10 or whatever the numbers are. Yep. And how do you break it to your, so, I don't know, let's say that they're eight and 10. Hey, maybe. Johnny, I'm going to my Yeah, mummy's going. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Job done here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that could be. I I don't even know where you would go explaining that. I have no idea. We we did go. The thing about space, though, that I'm like, man, I really would have thought they would have sorted this out by now, mm. was we went down to the Powerhouse Museum in Sydney and they have a space um, yep. installation there and this really cool like thing where you walk down a tunnel and the thing revolves around you so you get a sense of what it must be like in the International Space Station yeah, in yeah. that spherical kind of environment where zero gravity is... Everything is moving in relation everything's to Everything's moving, you. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty trippy. Um and it was super fun, but then, you know, you're reading all the didactics along the exhibition mm. and, you know, and then you look at their toiletry type arrangement mm. and you go, we're sending the best and brightest, like our to top. To poo in a bag. To poo in a bag. And like when they go and do their <laughs> like spacewalks and exploration stuff outside of like the ISS, it's like they're wearing a nappy. Like yeah. it's it's unacceptable. It's like solve that better science. Like Clever minds up in space. If they could have put a catheter in, they would have. <laughs> it's just, it seems so wrong. Like, internationally intelligent, best of the best minds. Shitting their pants. Shitting their pants. In space. In space. Like, it seems so, oh, so degrading. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> Poor people. Like, yeah, so the pooing in the bag is not so much the attraction of going to space you know there's a lot of stuff about that 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 <laughs> stuff in space i i will be happy to leave earth and go into space when we've got um the chance to turn on and off gravity absolutely or whether That'd whether we awesome. do the the martian style spinny 
You know, I go yeah, down yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of this and the because of the spin type thing. that yeah. allows me to feel like I'm in gravity. But the fact that I'm looking at the world upside down and now it's the right way up and now it's upside down. Yep. I'll get over that. Um, but yes, I want to sit yeah, on I a toilet <laughs> and flush. Yeah. Even even like, here we go, <laughs> you know, yeah. like in a plane. That I can cope with. Yeah. No, I'm way too precious about <laughs> being clean. <laughs> Me too. I don't want to put in a bag. And I love that I've did, like brought your podcast down to the level of poo <laughs> within oh, the first 10 minutes. No, it's got, look, it's gone to some strange places in 10 minutes, Carly. <laughs> Admittedly, first mention of poo in a bag, but. Hey, first time for everything, right? It's it's <laughs> a re- reflection of the things that are interesting you. I just want to pull you back. <laughs> Oh no, that's terrible. You're going to get some really interesting comments and approaches from people now. Yeah. Oh, good. Look forward to it. Just want to talk about your scatological approach. (laughs) Oh no. Oh, Oh, it's wrong. See Um, the Twitter handles now. (laughs) For those that aren't uh, art folk, yes. What's a didactic? Oh, you know when you're um so a thing hangs on the wall, piece of art, whatever, and then yes. there's a little descriptor card, yes. a little thing that says who made it, what year it was mm. made, the medium it was made in, and an understanding of what they were thinking when they made it. That's a didactic, a descriptor card. It's just a visual arts term. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't realise that was a thing. We're through the looking glass here, people. Mm, mm. Decoding the arts Sorry. world. That's pretty much as much as I know mm. of the visual arts world, though. Like, it's, <laughs> it's pretty scary. I'm a theatre girl. <laughs> Can talk to you about a theatre program and yeah, yeah, a bit of Shakespeare, but that's about it. <laughs> so what are you passionate about? Um, oh, the arts, pretty much. Mm. That's pretty... For first and foremost, in terms, at least in my professional life, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my people, like, you know, friends and family, like everyone, but... Um, the C crew. That's uh, the C crew. We actually have a um, private Facebook group called The Space Team, which is kind of pretty funny that that's space excellent. has come up. Um, but yeah, all the, they're all the people that I kind of met and found during my undergraduate degree and I mm. went, oh, cool, people who get it, who Your have this same, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, thanks for my not tribe. inviting me, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I guess passionate about, um, I don't know, really like to bake. Mm-hmm. That's that's a bit of a hobby that I like. Do you have a specific uh, chef slash uh baker that you are fangirling over at the moment oh well in terms of cook and chef jamie Mm. oliver Mm. without a doubt i think the man's a genius entrepreneur and just revolutionary like i think he's Mm -hmm. amazing for our world yeah um graybridge bake-off so mary berry is a bit of a bit of an icon she's great um Nigella, that's mm. you know, saw her recently. She was in Brisbane and doing book signings at a at a talk with her and looking voluptuous and looking amazing. just like royalty. And then I actually had like my sister and I went up and got our book signed mm. and then, you know, went to leave and we're like, Do we curtsy? Like, do we curtsy now? Yeah. I she's think so. so attractive and yeah. so Sex on a sponge, that woman. Enigmatic, like so, yeah, very charming woman mm. and super intelligent. Like she would have talked in this Q and A for like an hour, and the word um or, you know, barely didn't yeah. pass her lips. Like she's a pro, so. And yet she still has taste in horrible, horrible men. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, yeah, and cooks her meat way too raw. Like 
Her savoury stuff <laughs> is not my favourite, but sweets, like baking-wise, yep. oh, she's a woman after Cake me heart. up. Cake me up, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. The passion question's really hard. Do you know mm. what I hate in job interviews is when they go, so tell us about your passion. And it's <sighs> like, well, yep. I can tell you it's not this. Like, yes. It is not being asked what my passion oh, is. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, far out. I hate that Fucking question. Fucking taking your job, piss off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, scaling the corporate ladder. I don't know. Like, mm. I don't know. Maybe I've got the cancer in five years. Who knows? Entrenching myself within the organisation <laughs> so as to improve its benefit for the employees <laughs> and those around us. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what they expect as that answer. Like, yeah. I, I don't really understand what gets you the big blue tick on the paper for that and ask it, type like, of question. When they are asking, you know, what are you passionate about in the job interview context, yeah. What are they expecting to hear? Is it like, oh, I'm passionate about exactly what this job is? Yeah, Jesus, I love paperclips. Really passionate. Like, are they trying to weed out weird fetishes as well? Like, they could probably ask that. That yeah, would probably be more helpful. Proclivities that we should yeah. be aware of. Yeah. You know. You and you... a stapler get sexual. <laughs> exactly. Like, what's... That was the first thing that came to my mind too. Oh, I don't know what that says about it. just name Stapler Can I please name Stapler Oh, God. My first – oh, no, I won't tell that story. Please. No. It's safe space, Carly. Well, safe space that's no getting listening. broadcast. No one's listening. Um, all right. Well, when I first started working in a corporate environment, I won't say where, mm. um, I had I had the instinct during the corporate induction, which went for an entire day – um, and it it was torturous. It was very, oh, you know, I just couldn't stand any more talk of just that. The, the synergy between departments allow yeah, us to function. Yeah, and the code of conduct and the blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like, yep, okay, great. So don't be a dickhead and be nice. Yeah. And We'd do like your to work. tell you about the corporate that's way. Pretty, that's pretty much like your yeah. three rules for life, right? Like, don't be a dickhead, be kind and do your work. Like... <laughs> Anyway, so we spent a whole day figuring that out that and mm. telling us in different group work scenarios and oh, group yeah. activities and making oh, shit out of cluster scene. Nice. Yeah. Um, Carly's expressing her emotions <clears throat> really well here, people. That's right. You know the build a straw with the the bridge straw mm. exercise, team building crap, like, oh, my God, kill me now. I already have the job. Why are you testing me again? Yeah, why are you testing me? I'm in. Mm. I'm in. Just give me my desk and I let me up go. Work. Let me go. <laughs> But yeah, so after that, I had kind of decided, I'm like, I to survive here, mm. I'm going to need a game. <laughs> like, I'm going to need something just for me, mm. just a little just a little treat. So I went down to the cheap shop and bought a giant bucket of army men. Yes. The little teeny tiny, cork, yeah. you know, the ones that you stand on in your socks and like curse the, the house down. The green ones, the guys the in Toy Story. Yeah. Yes. And I just thought, let's see <laughs> what happens <laughs> to my environment when I when little army men start to <laughs> appear. Move in. Move in. So I spent a good, oh, I don't know, it would have been my first eight months in the job placing. And then, I mean, of course, the game is where do you place them? How mm -hmm. do you place them? Are they obvious? Are they hidden? Yeah. Um, What's their character? Yeah. And there's like hundreds of people you're working with. So how do I do it and not be caught? Like all of those things factored into my game. So it's not just on your desk. Oh, no. Everywhere. It was everywhere. Great. It was Everywhere. They are protecting the pens. They are protecting the pens. Stationary cupboard was a big one. Mm. Um, you know, inside cupboards, like on the on the little uh, hinge mm. on top of that. You know, a little bit of blue yeah. tack. Army men in there. Great. Um, I'm sure I entertained the cleaners, but 
Yeah, and then so nothing really happened. It petered off. I kind of went through the bucket. So I would have placed maybe, oh, we moved kind of offices at the same time. So, you know, across, I don't know, three floors of a corporate building, I probably would have placed maybe 200 army men. Brilliant. So I kind of felt, you know, satisfied. (laughs) By that stage, I was like much more settled into the job. I'd made friends. I kind of, you know, didn't, had had been not tarnished per, you know. Yep permanently by my corporate induction experience Mm -hmm. and then I had kind of forgotten about it then a managerial email came around and it was the single most (coughs) happy day (coughs) of my life there was a couple of photos of army men like in the in the blog in the email email going anyone else notice that (laughs) we've been invaded and I was so happy. Like, I just, I had no idea what to do. I'm like, and I still haven't owned up to it, like, apart from on the podcast. Mm. And my friends know, like, my close friends, yeah. space team know about it. But I was, I've never been so delighted in my life. Like, I had, that is just, I had penetrated, like, into the managerial communication stream with my game. It was just so good. Well, and, and for that, see, for that to hit that level, right, it's not that someone found one. It's no. not even that someone found two. No, it's, it's that there was a water cooler conversation. Something's happened and someone, I've seen three of them. That's right. It's like, where are they come from? Mm. And then I, um, uh, you know, months later, a couple of months later, um, there was a couple that had, I obviously knew where to look for them. So mm. I'd like look up and see them. Yes, they're on, still on top of that thing. I can see the corner of one. And I had another moment of glee where... I looked up one day and there was another one about a meter away from it facing it. And I'm like, I didn't place that. Brilliant. I did not place that. And then at another stage, I went down a few weeks later, I went down to collect a pool, like a, um, a pool car from mm. the area. And I was reversing out. And then there was a little army man like stuck on top of this like PowerPoint. Brilliant. In like the sub basement three. And I was like, I didn't place that either. That so, so it just, it made me so happy. So happy. What I don't do even know. What do you mean you don't make art? Well, <laughs> that's not that art. That is spectacular. No, Rubbish, it's not. That's a, that's a coping mechanism. That's <laughs> a, what have I done? What have I done coming here? These aren't my people. I don't know how to operate mm. in this space. Coping mechanism. It has given me an excellent idea. Because oh, I have to find a job. Fun. I expect that I'll end up in an office in a similar kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself a bucket of army men. Make day your day. Day two, they're coming in. They're invading. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And you just and then sometimes they disappear. You know, you'll open that cupboard and get the get the, go to get the tea bags not out there. from the share kitchen and it's not there. And it's like, well, did someone take it and throw it, or did they take it and keep it? Like, mm. start to walk around the desks and see who's collecting them. Yeah, yeah. So fun game, I got to tell you, it's good fun. It would be enough for me that if I saw that that someone had started collecting them, just every time they found one, yeah, that they would then start being redeployed. Yeah, I have this. I have this idea that one day I just want to walk into like Riparian Plaza or somewhere fancy in the mm. city at like Suit Street. It's an army man. Um, and then just go up the elevator and while I'm in there on my own, like have an installation of like a battlefield on the on the floor of the elevator. Yes. And then I get out and go down another one. And then just so just so there's that moment in my head of, you know, doors opening and it's like, yes, Liam, we need to get the account sorted. <laughs> what? And they look down and there's like a battlefield of army men in front of them. You are Brisbane's Banksy. I think that would be nice, Brisbane's Banksy, with absolutely no skill at painting. So that's good. Everybody, every look, you would be amazed. <laughs> and the catch would then be that you set up an Instagram account with yes. no attachment to who it is, 
It's just yeah, the Green Army or whatever you call that would it. That would be great. And just start to drop shots. Green Army, yeah. And invite people to add their shots to the... Co- we have created an art project. <laughs> Brilliant. Brisbane City Council should fund that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll apply for Arts Queensland, Australia Council for the Arts. Who else? Tim Fairfax Foundation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do we... What's the thing that used to tour schools? Uh, art tour. Queensland Arts Council. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. just get an Arts Council grant. They closed down. I know. Sad. Sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> many, many bad modernizations of Shakespeare plays did I go and see? Did you? I actually I actually had a really I had a good one. Mm. I had a um uh, letters you know the John Marsden book Letters from the Inside? Yes. Um it was a high school touring piece and it w- yeah. it was the first piece of theatre I think I saw that I went, Oh my god, people can make stories like this, like Oh, holy mm. shit. I would have been like grade six, I imagine. Yeah. And it was exceptional. Just two two girls in the touring show playing all the parts. Yep. You know, like it, it, the set was amazing. That transferred from being like um, her bedroom to being her cell block, like in the prison. Wow. Yeah, and it yeah. was just – and that was my first kind of experience of going, I didn't know – like we didn't have drama or school, yeah. like country kid, like. And they're inevitably delivered, you know, in like the covered shelter. Yeah, yeah. Where there's no, we can't black out the windows. Yeah. It's just kids it's, sitting down on concrete floor. That's right. Mm. It's TIE in the yeah theatre and education, like the most basic kind of props, speakers, like you know that those two girls were driving around Queensland yeah. in a station wagon for a couple of months. And tomorrow they're in Dolby. That's and, right. Yeah. So it was, um, it was really that was like my first kind of holy. This is a thing that people can do. Yeah. Who knew? Are you doing what Year 11 Carly thought she would be? Mm, no. Year 11 Carly was the was the good girl in the bad group, if Ooh. you know what I mean. Like, yes. Because I, oh, I wasn't quite academic or smart enough to be in the cool group with all the smart the nerd girls, group, yeah. The nerd, group. the nerd boys that did exist, I didn't realise that I was a nerd. Like, if I could go back, I would probably wow. be like, oh, actually, you were my people. Like... Yeah. You know, I didn't discover Dungeons and Dragons until my 20s. Like, Gosh. But they were the cool – now I look mm. back and go, well, they were the cool group because they were the boys that I probably could have hung out with yeah. and realised. But at the, at that stage, you know, you're a teenager. You just rebel the thoughts of, yeah. you know, greasy, pimply, nerdy, smelly boys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I kind of found myself in, like, this cool group of very cool – people doing naughty things and you know drinking on weekends and all the rest of it and and yeah and I was the good girl in that group mm. so year 11 Carly didn't have any kind of career ambition no plan. no plan and you know it was non-existent in terms of the world of career counseling and all that sort of stuff it was like oh you're a bit introverted probably didn't even use that word oh you're a bit quiet <clears throat> oh your grades aren't too bad you're you doing be- quite good you could be a home ec teacher mm. you could maybe be a librarian so, and that was kind of the extent of it. Great. Yeah. yeah. So, no, Year 11 Carly had no idea that this Go was going to show out. High school guidance counsellor slash that kind of career person right. must have the toughest job in the world. The worst. Because how can you predict what those people are doing? You know, the careers I see my friends who aren't mm. artists, you know, pursuing, it's like, well, that didn't exist when we were in Year 11, you know? Like, the, the technological advance yeah. since then massive it i can only so imagine easy, how challenging so easy to become soulless in that because mm. you would deal with let's call them uh, of a school population 10 to 15 percent of kids who know what they want to do they've already picked their subjects they're working their own you're going to be right fine thanks good yeah, time yeah um there's 
25 to 35% of kids who just need a nudge. You know, you're showing real aptitude in these areas. And, you know, I hear you talking about these things that you're interested in. Yeah. How about you go in that, that space? Go that direction. And they go, oh, of course. Yeah. This seems to work out for me now. And then there's a whole, and it kind of deteriorates. But then you would get to that, I guess, other 10, 15% of kids that are like, I don't mm. care what you say. Mm. I have, I'm not going to communicate with you. Yeah. <laughs> this like, this is pointless. I know that you need to tell me that I have to do something. I don't, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Railing um, against whatever you got. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I will refuse every offer you give me. Mm. Done. Yeah. That would be a tough gig. Yeah. So were you Brisbane local or did you migrate here? Migrated post um, study, uh, my undergraduate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I did my undergraduate in Toowoomba and then migrated and got a job straight out of uni. So that was nice, Mm -hmm. um, particularly considering I'd done a theatre degree. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, that worked out well. And I've been here ever since. I really like it. really like Brisbane. Yeah? Yeah. Got its drama, but it's also got its perks. Mm. What can't you tolerate? Mm. Oh, static electricity gives me the shits. <laughs> um, <laughs> something <laughs> I can't control. Something, is... yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's probably the metaphor. Yeah, it's it's the things that I can't control. Um, yes, I like to control things. That's why I like to create things. You know, mm. it has that element of satisfaction that it's my thing and I can choose the people I work with on it. And when that sort of stuff's taken away from me, like work, I can't tolerate people who are are not good at what they do and who choose to stay in it and, and just kind of wallow or yep. just, and it's like, well, if you don't really like what you do or you don't really, you know, and to the point of like family or whatever. Mm. And it's like, well, if you're not really following something that makes you fundamentally happy, like if you haven't drawn the pie chart in your mind and gone, yeah, I can put up with a certain amount of poo. I can put up with a certain amount of like talented people around me. And Mm. this is how I want to exist. If they've done their sums and it's worked out not in their favor, but they still stay there. That's, Mm -hmm. I can't tolerate it. It's just seems absurd to me. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit tangenty. That's all right. <laughs> I guess kind of building off that, and I hope you see the connection. Have you seen or met with people who purport to do art mm. that you look at and go, no, nah, that's not, you're not, this is a big fib? Uh, no, not not really. No, I mean, I've worked in um, like managing arts grants and different things and mm. – People who go to the trouble of seeking funding for their project are pretty hardcore about it. You yeah. know, they're they're rarely hobbyists. They've they've made choices to go. No, this is what I want to do, and this is what I want to make. Um, so no, I don't think I've really encountered any any frauds. Can someone who is openly uh, is upfront about it, if they are plagiarizing? what they're doing but that's the nature of their art this is getting very weird oh right appropriation do you mean like yeah the Eastern but they're Pearson. they're upfront about saying my art is reappropriating the stuff of other people hmm. and delivering it either with or without the acknowledgement of their having done it oh i think well i think two things i think in terms of 
the legality of doing that and our copyright law and IP and whatever in this country, I don't know enough about it to say if that's right or wrong. Mm. In terms of consuming art like that, like um, for instance, um, uh, Easton Pearson are a fashion local Brisbane fashion yes. brand, been around for decades, and they do a lot of appropriation of tribal, mm. you know, indigenous cultures around the world. They reinterpret um, tribal patterns and designs yep. into their fashion. Um, and so I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm more about like, oh, would that dress look good on me mm. rather than critiquing that, that process yep. of what they're doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the artist is upfront about it, I mean, art is really, it's an idea, mm. like it's an idea in action. Um, so if, if that's an idea that you don't conform to, then that's okay. Cause that's the subjective nature of it yep. and your consumption of it as well. Um, you know, just similarly, you might take a real hate to the Renaissance arts and mm. not want to see that type of art. Sure. That's okay. It's it's an idea. It's it's someone else's idea in action. But, yeah, the subjective consumption of it is totally up to you if you don't want that, if yep. you don't like it. Yeah. What's the hardest truth you've had to deliver? Oh... Oh, damn, that's a good question. Hardest truth. Mm. Probably, probably in terms of understanding someone else's taste and having to be truthful. I'm not very good at confrontation, so like having to be truthful mm. about I love you, but I don't love this taste that, mm-hmm. you know, of your, of your art or your, you know, the thing that you've created. That's, yep. that's quite a hard truth to, um, to deliver. But I don't think that there's any good that can come from going, oh, that's excellent. Oh, that's wonderful. I loved it. Yeah. It's like, well, no, that's not what they need to get better. Like if they're particularly in an emerging stage and it's like, oh, we've spent six months, we've really worked on this thing and it's, oh, it's done. And you kind of go, well, no, actually, it's it's half baked. It's it's not there yet. It's got, you know, it needs dramaturgy. It needs, which is like a, you know, editor for theatre work, um, or it it needs more work. Maybe it needs a new actor. Maybe you need to put this in front of an audience and actually hear the lack of laughs or the lack of empathy yeah. or whatever rebounding back at you from an audience. Um, so yeah, that that's hard truths because yeah, someone has had to go to something a vulnerable place to make something. And, you know, and then having to say, oh, mm. yeah. So that that's that's hard, tr- yeah, hard truth. I can imagine it, it could feel a little like it's dream crushing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God, that's not going to make me feel better next time oh. I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, oh. Jesus. Oh. Um, no, I, I don't think, I think, I think dream crushing would be like trying to stop someone from doing something mm. like creative. I think trying to come at it, come at it from a place of truth and help is different from yeah. being like, no, that's shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> like full yeah. stop, put in the bin, never do that again. Mm. That's, that's dream crushing. Yeah. Welcome to Carly never talks to Steve again. Yeah. <laughs> What's. Uh, you mentioned before that you are a theatre girl. Yeah. What's your favourite theatre uh, piece, production that you've seen? Um, uh, year 
12, our senior English class made the trek down the hill to um, Brisbane to see a Bell Shakespeare production of uh, King Lear. Yeah, yep. And it was so, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know the play, it's, um, you know, three daughters and Mm. a very (laughs) cranky old man saying, tell me how much you love me. And the youngest Mm. daughter says, no, I don't, like, I can't tell you how much because I love you a lot. And Mm. No words can express it. He misinterpretate, misinterprets that as, oh, she doesn't love me at all and banishes. And then and it, in true Shakespeare fashion, it all goes to shit. Yeah. Um, people are blinded. People are beaten. People go crazy. Like there's a storm. Like mm. it's crazy. And it was the most like visceral theatre experience I had ever had up to that age, which was probably, it was probably my first main stage mm. production I ever saw. And there was a point where, um, like, and the stagecraft was excellent, but yeah. to my tiny mind at the time, it was like really happening and it yeah. was really right there and it was so good. Um, but the part where, um, I can't remember who gets their eyes bit out, um, Gloucester, maybe Earl of Gloucester or someone, Could be. he's, he's sitting on stage and, and the actor kind of, you know, went in front of them and obviously had a mouth, you know, full of fake blood yeah. and whatever, but you know, this screaming, writhing actor, and then someone pretending on stage to pull out their eyes and just having this like feeling of going, oh my God, what am I seeing? Like if I saw it now with a trained eye, yes. you could see the oh, stagecraft. Oh, that's happened. And that's, thing, oh, that's yeah. how that's happened. Oh, you know, there's a props table backstage with, you know, a couple mm. of goopy eyeballs in a tray that he's had to grab before yep, he goes out on stage. And, yeah. and the whole bit, like you, you know the mechanics of it now, but that initial experience of going... What is happening? <laughs> that's amazing, that, and I I kind of hate that that's a a feeling you get less and less as you grow older. You know, so I don't know. That's probably why I was drawn to theatre because it's that first instinct of an audience and their reaction to something happening live yeah. in front of them is fascinating. Yeah, and it is. It's it, it's just such instant feedback too. Yeah. I, I can understand. Um, the adrenaline and the, oh, yeah. the, the everything that comes from I did a thing and at the right time people responded in the way that we expected or even beyond. Yes, yes. And that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool. Hmm. Is there a, a, a production that you've been involved with that you remember fondly? Um, yeah, I mean everything gets burnished in the past. So probably at the time it was a bit painful to work on but uh we did a one-man show that david a good friend of mine who Mm. does the podcast with me um wrote called furious angels and it was an independent theater show i mean we were dumping money into it as fast as we could spend it and um it was a great show it had an excellent actor daniel mulverhill who we had studied with that um during our undergrad he was going through the acting program and it was Excellent. You know, I produced it with a couple of friends. Um, another friend of ours, Travis um, Dowling, who's a theatre director, just back in Brisbane from Hot House down south in Albrubadonga. Yes. Um, so, I mean, we all worked on it. It was probably our first main stage, well, I say main stage, indie stage, where we were doing it for, really for the love of it. Yep. And I can look back at it now and go, that was excellent. That was a really nice piece yep. um, of theatre. But... Probably at the time I was like, I hate this. <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen a disaster take place? Um, oh, very rarely. I, I get a little bit picky about what I go see too. Mm. So I'll 
you know, I'll read a review, I'll watch what trailer I can, I'll yeah. know the playwright, I'll, you know, I'll do everything I can to not, to avoid. To not waste your dollars. Uh, yeah, to not waste my dollars, but also not to, to have that feeling of, you know, because the same exhilaration you can get when, when they get it right and the audience can share that. Yep. The, the converse feeling of being in an audience and watch something not happen right. Yeah is just awful it's just the worst and yeah. so yeah i'm i'm super picky well you don't super want to reward picky. bad behavior right yeah that's true yeah yeah i just kind of go or or i'm a little bit more knowledgeable i guess about what my taste is as well yep. to go you know i'm probably not going to want to see the top show that mm. the, the first show in the season that qtc put on because i know that they're not programming it for me they're programming it for their um, they're subscribers yeah. and that's okay. And I'm not a subscriber. I'm not of a certain demographic who is contributing to that organization in that way. So I don't want to go see that one. Mm. I'll pick the, maybe the indie one that they do in the September slot. Yeah. That's a new Australian work or a Brisbane work. Like yeah. I'll go there. So yeah. Lots of people see a lot of shitty drama yeah. and shitty theater in the process of getting to that point though. Yeah. So it, it sounds like, from what you're saying, that you've managed to process, and also your experience in working with a lot of creative people and doing that, that you've got some pretty decent rules around mm. what your hard earns get dropped on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a certain level of development, and I guess that gives me, I get the sneaky background of how long that work has been in development. Like. Yep. That understanding of oh has that just been play you know that play has just been written never been tested and they're putting it on mm-hmm. versus oh actually that's been an idea that's been ticking around for a couple of years and oh they've brought on that partner oh okay they're yeah. oh they're working with that crew hmm, all right so like I guess being in the industry gives you that insight where yeah maybe if you are just kind of picking up a program and going oh that's a pretty image great mm. it's on a Tuesday excellent we were in town on that day yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how people go about choosing what they want to go see. Yeah, daunting. Yes, very. What are you going to achieve in the next twelve months? Oh Jesus! I've listened to a few of your podcasts, so I kind of knew that question was going to be on the cards. Maybe um, twelve months. That's a very short amount of time. Where do you see yourself in twelve months? Time? Where do you see yourself? What's your passion? Um, I. In 12 months, I would like to find myself in a place where oh, I'm going through a real nesting thing at the moment. So mm. and we're about to move and do all of that tedium. Um, so settled somewhere I really like. Mm. I want a dog. Yes. I'm kind of at that stage. Totally not ready for the babies, but happy <laughs> happy for a, a fur baby. Yeah. Um, work-wise, I'm a little less... I don't know. I think the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, this is enough. Mm. This is good. I don't know. I feel like I'm waning a little bit in the work ambition. So maybe in 12 months I've gotten I've gotten a little bit of that pizzazz back, mm. maybe. Um, 12 months. Yeah, maybe going on some kind of holiday. That'd be nice. Anywhere particular? Future Carly. Um, T-bar. T-bar. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind... Um, I wouldn't mind doing UK, Scotland and Ireland driving mm-hmm. holiday. That would be quite fun and I find that might satisfy, you know, a little bit of wanderlust for a little while. 
Um, yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, I'm hoping, um, you know, maybe I'm an auntie second time over. If my sister would get to it, that'd be fun. So, yeah. Give her a nudge. Give her a nudge. Take the one kid off her hand so she's got some that's free right. time to have the that's second right. one get sorted. Yep, that's right. So, yeah. It's a pretty full schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Bit ambitious. <laughs> Helping your sister get pregnant. <laughs> it sounds wrong when you say that. <laughs> no. It sounds gross. Hey, Carly. Hey, yeah. Um, thank you so much for Aww. the chance to speak with you today. You're so welcome. Uh, please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. So are you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm blushing. Very clearly you are uh, a tweeting human. Yes, I am. Are there other social accounts that you would have people know about? Um, I'm on Facebook, but I'm not sure for how much longer. I'm kind of getting a little bit mm. jack of that one. Um, the Twitter really is it. I've kind of mm. made my Instagram private, um, in the last kind of 12 months, but I do tend to share Instagram pics through Twitter a sure. lot, you know? Um, so yeah, Twitter at Carly Blue is kind of where people can find me. It's the place to be. And I'm kind of, oh, I'm doing some Periscope experiments as well. Have you played much with Periscope? Little, little, little bit. Yeah. Oh, for Friday Feast, for the podcast I do with David, mm. I'm... We're doing, we challenge each other to a bakery challenge. So I'm using podcast uh, Periscope to share that, that experience with him while he's in Sydney. And how that, how successful is that going? It's going great. I've nailed it. He, not so much. (laughs) So (laughs) we're going to see how I go. I've got to make bloody Neenish tarts today. Wow. Oh, I know. It's my own fault. I challenged him first. He Mm. failed at it. So he challenged me back. I went, okay, cool. (laughs) <laughs> What's the secret to a good Nenish tart? Oh, well, I'll soon find out. Um, <laughs> it's it's essentially just three things. It's mm. pastry, mock cream, and which is such an Australian CWA thing, yep. um, and icing, like two different coloured icings on top. So What's the, it sounds easy, right? It does sound easy. <laughs> What's the importance of the old the pink and brown? I don't know. Yin and yang. I can't tell you. No idea. It's, it's either pink and brown or brown and white mm. that I've seen. I've been doing some Googling and, and bastardizing up my own recipe. So I'm going, oh, that icing looks all right, mm. that recipe. That pastry sounds easy. Let's do that one. So it could be a Frankenstein of a Neenish tart, but we'll see how we go. But people can tune into that crap on Periscope if they want, <laughs> if they want to watch. That, maybe it's in honour of Nina Cherry. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> this has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Carly Blue is